Hello, everyone. My name is Rick Hawkins. I'm the pastor of Quest Church. I want to thank all of you for joining us today. You're about to hear a word that is informative, insightful, and inspirational. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can go to questchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Second Kings chapter 18, verse 5 says these words. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He held fast to the Lord and did not cease to follow him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses. Listen to these words. And the Lord was with him. He was successful in whatever he undertook. He rebelled against the king of Assyria, that was the enemy of God, and did not serve him. From watchtower to fortified city, he defeated the Philistines as far as Gaza and its territory. I'm going to preach a message this morning that is entitled, You Survived, Now Succeed. I dare you to say it to four people around you. You survived, now succeed. I'm thinking right now, how many of you appreciate those old hymns? How many of you remember, Tis So Sweet? to trust in Jesus just to take him what? at his word don't you love those old songs? lift those hands just for a moment thank you God Lord we trust you today we look to you today as a servant looks to the hand of his master we look to you speak today because your servants are listening. We break every generational curse. We dismiss every generational spirit. And we say, Lord, have your way in this building. In Jesus' name. Keep those hands raised. Sing it again. Tis so sweet. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Trust. To trust in Jesus. Just to take, just to take yeah. him back. 
begin to praise him because you can trust him come on begin to praise him because you can trust him when you are faithless he remains faithful come on you serve a trustworthy God choose to trust him today I don't know what trouble you are facing I don't know what tribulation you are going through I don't know what your turbulence looks like but trust him today. He's got it all under control. If you believe it, come on, clap those hands and give him a trust and praise. Lord, we trust you today. We trust you with our children. We trust you with our finances. We trust you with our health. We trust you with our future. We trust you with this church. We trust you, God. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. We trust you. Come on, throw your head back and tell him I trust you today. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will trust in the name that is above every name. We will trust in the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Woo! Before you sit down, come on, tell three people I trust him today, and you all are trusting. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord. You may, be, you may be seated. He was successful in everything he undertook.
Man, I feel God in this room here today. Hezekiah is an interesting man, and his life tells a big story. We just want to take one little paragraph out of his life today and emphasize a few things. In the reading of our text, Hezekiah is in a very crucial situation. Judah, whom he is the king over, is now being threatened by a man named Sennacherib. Sennacherib and the Assyrian army were so strong by this time that they had not only defeated Babylon, but they had defeated 200 other cities. It was Sennacherib that developed and engineered what was referred to as the battering ram. The Assyrian army was known as the most advanced army of their time. So this guy, Sennacherib, who is the enemy of God and the enemy of God's people, on three occasions sent messengers to Hezekiah in order to do two things, to threaten him and to intimidate him. As I was preparing today to preach to you, I thought, how many people have received threatening signs from the enemy? Sending you signals that, no, your best is not yet to come. Maybe your worst is yet to come. Hmm. Sennacherib wrote in his journal that Hezekiah was a prisoner in his own Jerusalem. He wrote these words. He was like a bird in his own cage. In every way, Hezekiah at this point appears to be doomed. He's facing opposition that is bigger than him, stronger than him, more innovative than him, and he's doomed. But Hezekiah decided not to submit to the yoke of Assyria. I looked at his life. And I found something out. There was a key to Hezekiah's fortitude. In Hezekiah's Second uh, Kings chapter 18, verse 5, there's a key word, and we sang about it just now. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord. Charles Spurgeon wrote these words, when you have no helpers, see all your helpers in God. When you have many helpers, see God in all your helpers. When you have nothing but God, see all in God. When you have everything, see God in everything. Under all conditions, stay thy heart only on the Lord. Someone wrote concerning trust, trust God where you cannot trace him. Do not try to penetrate the cloud he brings over you. Rather, look to the bow that is on the cloud. The mystery belongs to God, but the promise belongs to you. Another writer wrote these words, All I have seen teaches me to trust the creator for all I have not seen. All I have seen teaches me to trust the creator for all I have not seen. See, there's a reason why Hezekiah trusted in God. He trusted in God because he had a man of God that helped him fortify his faith. 
He had a man in his life that happened to be a prophet. Boy, I feel my help coming early. This prophet's name is Isaiah. The prophet was the conscience to the king. The prophet was the counselor to the nation. The prophet was the seer of destiny. The prophet was so confident in the remnant of God that in his prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 3, he names his son Shir Jashub, which means the remnant of the Lord will always return. Powerful prophet. So Hezekiah, upon receiving the threat from Sennacherib, sends a letter to the prophet. In other words, he's telling the prophet what the problem is bringing. He's telling the prophet about the intimidation from Sennacherib. When King Hezekiah heard the threat in 2 Kings 19.1, he tore his clothes and he put on sackcloth and he went to the house of God. Oh, for more saints that would respond like that. When the enemy comes at you, just go to church. He sent Eliakim, the palace administrator, and Shebna, the secretary, and the leading priest, all wearing sackcloth, to the prophet Isaiah. Somebody shout, go to the prophet. And they told the prophet, this is what Hezekiah says. This day is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace, as when children come to the point of birth and there's no strength to deliver them. It may be that the Lord your God, prophet, will hear all the words of the field commander, the enemy, whom his master, Sennacherib, has sent to ridicule the living God, and that he will rebuke him for the words the Lord your God has heard. Now watch how he ends this. Isaiah, pray for the remnant that still survives. Prophet, we need you to pray for the remnant that still survives. You prophesied, but we need you to pray. So how does the prophet respond? For the sake of time, we'll skip down to verse 29, and I'll show you what Isaiah sends back to the king. He said, this is going to be a sign for you, Hezekiah. This year, you will eat what grows by itself. And the second year, what springs from that. But in the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards, and eat their fruit. In other words, your future is secure. Can I go ahead and decree and declare a few things over your life with holy dialogue today? Go ahead and do what you have planned. Because even though the enemy has strategically devised the plan to knock you out of your purpose, he will not succeed. Go ahead and plant. Go ahead and enjoy your meals. Go ahead and put your praise on like you always do. Keep on doing like you always been doing because your future is secure. Now, if you can receive that prophetic word, I double-dog dare you to give God a praise like your future is secure. Amen. He said, this is going to be a sign. Go ahead and plant. Then in verse 30, he says these words. Once more, a remnant of the house of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. This is the prophetic word. 
For out of Jerusalem will come a remnant, and out of Mount Zion shall come a band of survivors. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Who shall accomplish it? The zeal of the Lord God Almighty. Therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning your enemy. He will not enter this city. He will not shoot an arrow in here. He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came in, he will return. He will not enter this city, declares the Lord. God says, I will defend this area. I will save it for my sake and the sake of David, my servant. And I came by to tell you, I don't know what the enemy's been saying, what kind of threats he's been bringing, but he's not coming in. I dare you to shout, not in my house, not in my family, not in my city, not in my church, not in my life, not in my bedroom, not in my car, not in my job. The enemy shall not come in here. Let him huff, let him puff, but he ain't going to blow your house down. I dare you to shout to God right now and just say everything is going to be all right. I'm sorry, y'all. I feel this thing right here. I don't know about y'all, but I like a prophet that'll send a word back. When you send the problem, he sends a promise. You send a prophet a problem, the prophet sends you a promise. We need encouragement today. We need the blessing of God today. We need men and women speaking over our life that tells you, you are not doomed to destruction. You're not going to have a nervous breakdown. You're not going to have a panic disorder. You're not going to have an anxiety attack. You're not going to lose your marriage. You're not going to lose your children. No, you're going to be blessed every day of your life. Your feet going to hit the ground and you're going to start singing. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases and his mercies never come to an end but they are new every morning you're going to stand up and say I know the plans that God has for me plans to prosper me and give me a great future I don't care what the devil and all his cousins have to say my best is yet to come if you believe it give God praise one more time say it my best is yet to come. Tell your neighbor your best is yet to come. So they send the problem and the prophet sends the promise. Who are they? They are the remnant. They're referred to as the band of survivors. Now for all of our guests in here, this is the way we have church because we just get all excited. Please forgive us. We liable to run around the building. You know, prayerfully would be all right, but Everyone say the remnant. What is the remnant? The remnant will survive. The remnant. The rem. What is the remnant? The remnant will survive. That which is left over. I dare you to say I'm still here. Remnant. That which remains. The residue, that which is left after part is removed. <laughs> it's the one who escapes, known as the survivor. Psalm 124, verse 7, our soul escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken 
We are escaped. Why? Because we are the remnant. Say these words with me. God always, God always has, a has a remnant. I like the way Webster defines the word remnant. What is left over as a piece of cloth at the end of the boat. God saves his best for last. The one that endures to the shall be saved. Nudge your neighbor and tell him, you ain't hearing me today. I'm still here. So what you usually do with the remnant is disregard it. Why? Because it's not enough to use for anything. You usually throw, Randy, you remember Mama Joseph? Yeah. And she would make us these little slippers for Christmas. And she'd make us pajamas. Am I right about it, Randy? And she loved to sew. But when you would go to her house, there would be remnants of cloth laying all over the floor. And you would think she's going to gather that up and throw it all away. But not Mama Joseph. <laughs> Mama Joseph would pull all those remnants together and sew them together and make a beautiful quilt. See, some people try to disregard you. They called you the leftover. But how many of you know that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are the called according to his purpose? God loves working with remnants. So you got a multitude of people, 5,000 and more, and you got a little boy with just a few fish and a few loaves of bread that was left over. And the question is asked, how shall we feed them from Philip? And Philip said, Jesus said to Philip, is there any food here? He said, there's a little fish and a little bread. He said, just give me some order and I'll go to work. Sit them down in rows of 50 and let me get my hand on the little. Because I'm about to turn the little into a whole lot. Some of y'all feel, feel like you only got a little bit left. I dare you to put it in his hand. Some of y'all feel like you just got a little faith left. I dare you to put it in his hand. Some of you feel like you just got a little hope left. I dare you to put it in his hand. Because he's going to multiply it. The remnant, the remainder. Don't, don't miss this definition. The remainder that becomes the reminder. The remnant is the remainder that becomes the reminder, what are you talking about, Pastor Rick? Well, in Genesis chapter 45 and verse 7, Joseph says these words to his brothers. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. <laughs> Joseph is the remnant. The remnant is what remained in order to remind. He didn't keep you just to keep you. He kept you so you could tell others. He didn't save you just to save you. He saved you so you could tell others. Yes, you are a remnant. Yes, you have remained. 
But the reason you have remained is so, so that you will remind. Preaching good, Pastor Rick. So I thought about Joseph. Joseph survived the rejection of his brothers because of his resilience. Some of you have been rejected, but you survived it. Jesus was rejected by the builders. He's the stone the builders rejected. He's the leftover. And the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone upon which the whole church is built. I was thinking about that this morning and how Mother Teresa said the strongest emotion ever experienced in disappointment is rejection. There's no greater pain than the pain of rejection. And I thought about that today and I thought, you know what, God, I want to thank you for every time somebody rejected me. Because how do you know if they would have accepted you, you would have missed God's will? By them rejecting you, they are pushing you into the position of your personal purpose. If they would have accepted you, you would have missed the place that God preordained you to enjoy. So you ought to throw your hands up and say, God, I thank you for every time I was rejected. Because every time I was rejected, you was pushing me into my position of power, potential, and purpose. So let the haters hate and let those who have rejected reject because every time they said no, you said yes. Every time they moved me out, you moved me in. Can I get a church to say amen today? So he, was, he survived rejection. He survived the pit because of his promise. He survived the lie of Potiphar's wife because of his loyalty to his purpose. He survived the prison because he had a dream. And I came by to tell you, you will survive. You will make it. Hallelujah. If you wasn't going to survive, you wouldn't be in this building today clothed and in your right mind. You've already worshiped. You've already praised. You've already shown your devotion. You've already shown your duty to God. And let me tell you something. If the devil could have killed you, he would have killed you. But you survived. Some of you survived sickness. Some of you survived a car wreck. Some of you survived cancer. Some of you survived rejection from your husband or your wife. But you're still here. You got breath in your lungs. You're breathing. You're talking. You're in your right mind. Somebody ought to thank God that you're still alive. Now I'm about to go on a tangent and I want you to bear with me because I'm, I just gave you the introduction, but I came to preach to you about a remnant that knows how to survive. Some of you should not be in this building today. You ought to be just like your third cousin on your mama's side, locked up in prison because of crack and cocaine. But you're not. You're here today because God saved you for such a time as this. You could be anywhere today, but you're alive because God kept you. You should be dead. You should be locked up, but you're not because God kept you. And God has always had a connection to his remnant. 
And here goes my tangent, Ezra 9, 8. But now, for a brief moment, the Lord our God has been gracious in leaving us a remnant and given us a firm place in his sanctuary. And so our God gives light to our eyes and a little relief from our bondage. Jeremiah 31, 7, this is what the Lord says. Sing with joy for Jacob. Shout for the foremost of the nations. Make your praises heard and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Jeremiah 50, 20. In those days at that time, declares the Lord, search will be made for Israel's guilt, but there will be none. Search will be made for the sins of my people, but none will be found. For I will forgive the remnant of the people I spare. God loves his remnant. Micah 7 and verse 18. Who is a God like you who pardons sins and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his people? You do not stay angry forever, but you delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on your remnant. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Zephaniah 2.9. Therefore, as surely as I live, declares the Lord God, God Almighty, the God of Israel, surely Moab will become like Sodom, the Ammonites like Gomorrah, a place of weeds and salt pits, a wasteland forever. But the remnant of my people will plunder them. The survivors of my nation will inherit their land. Zechariah 8:12. The seed will grow well, the vine will yield its fruit, the ground will produce its crops, the heaven will drop the dew. I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of my people. As you have been an object of cursing among other people, Judah and Israel, I will save you and you will be a blessing. Do not be afraid. Let your hands be strong. Let your hands be strong, O remnant. I will save you and you will be a blessing, O remnant. You say, Pastor Rick, that's all Old Testament rhetoric. Romans 11 verse 1. I ask then, did God reject his people? By no means. I am a Israelite, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. Don't you know what the scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he appealed to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I'm the only one left, remnant, and they are trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at this present time, there is a remnant that is chosen by grace. Some of y'all think sometimes you're the only one left, but what you don't know is that God has reserved to himself a remnant that he chose by grace. They were not justified by their own action. They were not religious in their own eyes. They knew if it was not for grace, they would not be in this building today. And I came by to tell you, you are the remnant that God saved for such a time as this. You should not be here. You have disqualified yourself over and over and over but God said my grace kept you my mercy followed you I favored you when you were unfavorable I was faithful to you when you were faithless if you're glad you're still here and you know you shouldn't be I double dog dare you jump on your feet and give him a praise like you know you appreciate tell somebody I shouldn't be here but I am 
I don't know how I'm still in church. I don't know how I'm still safe. I have disqualified myself over and over and over, but I learned something. It was his grace that kept his remnant. Quit thinking you did it yourself. You are not that righteous. You are not that lawful. You are not that If it wasn't for his grace, you would not be in the building. I'm sorry for preaching like that. No, I'm not. I'm here to tell you, you need to thank God that you're still alive, that you're still serving him, that you still can say, I'm blood-bought, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Anybody in here excited that you're still here? I look at my brother and I and I think about our family. Oh, my Lord. And I think about how many left and how many stayed. Whew. And you can do the same thing. Man, I'm on, you know what? The remnant should be the most grateful people in all the earth. Therefore, I'm going to give you 20 more seconds to show God how much you appreciate him for keeping you. That ain't a sanctified praise. I want you to give him a sanctified praise. I'm almost done, but I'm not done. Can I preach the rest of this just for a moment? You can stand, run, sit down, I don't care, because many people say this remnant thing don't belong to me. Where are they from? Where are they from? See, we want to put this remnant thing off on somebody else. But see, Elder, the Bible says in 2 Kings 19.30, once more the remnant of the house of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. Out of Jerusalem will come a remnant. Out of Mount Zion, a band of survivors. <laughs> Judah. Out of Judah shall come a remnant. Judah is the people that ought to know how to praise. Judah is the... So here's what I'm saying to you. Attacks can even happen on the praise team. Attacks can happen even when you're in your highest praise. Whew. The remnant came out of Judah. Why? Because Judah knows how to praise in the face of problems. Whew. You know how to lift him up, make your praise big and your problem low. I know this is inspirational preaching today, and I'm doing this expository kind of preaching, but you're going to get something out of it, I promise you. The remnant shall come out of Judah. The remnant shall come out of Jerusalem, the house of peace. But watch this. And the band of survivors come from Mount Zion. That's the church. But in Hebrew, Zion means the parched land or the wilderness. See, I don't even know if you can survive till you face something that has the potential to take you out. You can jump around shouting you're a survivor, but I don't know if you are a survivor until you're in the midst of something that has the potential to destroy you. Come on in the building. But if you can make it through the wilderness experience and come out, you will be like Jesus in Luke chapter 14, or Luke chapter 4, when he came out of the wilderness, he returned in the power of the Spirit. Because survivors go through wilderness experiences and come out the other side with more strength than they did before they went in. And watch this, they fasted the whole time. 
You ain't even ate nothing and you're stronger on the other side than you were before you went in. Why? Because you are a survivor. Woo! Zion produces survivors. See, Mount Zion ought to produce a people that have an innate ability to go through anything. Y'all not talking back to me. The church ought to be producing people that can go through anything and survive it. You know, when I speak to you, quit losing your confidence in the face of confusion. Quit falling off every time something turns around in your life. Stay strong in Jesus' name. I'm about done. They survived it. You survived it. You survived it. You lost stuff you loved with all of your heart. You survived it. You should be in depression. You survived it. You should be a drug addict like everybody else in your family, but you're not. Because grace kept you. You survived it. You went through a horrible divorce, but you're still alive, living in your purpose. You survived it. Yeah, some of you survived last week on your job. Some of you survived an argument with your spouse last night. Some of y'all are thinking, I'm surviving this church service right now. But you haven't left. So that means you're going to give one more dose of encouragement. Yeah, I look back over my life and I think I survived appendicitis that should have killed me when I was 12 years old when I lost 21 pounds in 18 days and there was too much poison in my body to live and the doctor gave up hope but my sister who had the Holy Ghost prayed for me in the name of Jesus and said Ricky you shall live and you shall not die am I right about it Randy and for the first time in, in 21 days I got to Baton Rouge Louisiana and stood up and walked for the first time in 21 days appendicitis said I'm going to kill you the enemy said I'm going to take you out early but God by his grace said no you ain't got too much poison you got too much purpose you shall live and you shall not die and you shall declare the praises of the Lord I think about things that should have knocked me off course when I lost sight in my left eye when I was a senior in high school with a scholarship to play college basketball. And I thought, this is, man, I can't believe this has happened to me. Total sight in my left eye was gone, and I almost gave up. But my daddy, who had the Holy Ghost, came in my bedroom and said, in the name of Jesus, son, you are going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the world, and you're not going to give up your hope just because you lost eyesight. I survived it. Now that's my testimonies and I got more. And I know you got yours too, but it's high time for us to look back over our life and start thanking God for every event and every experience and every potentially dangerous thing that could have killed us. Now I'm gonna ask one more time if there's any grateful people in the building to give God praise like you're thankful that you did it. You didn't give up. You didn't bow out. You didn't quit. Come on, shout it. I'm still here. Tell your neighbor you're standing next to a survivor. Them old saints used to say, you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. Won't he do it? They used to say, ain't he all right? Tell your neighbor he's all right.
Yeah, he kept me in the darkest hours. He lifted me up in the most depressed moments. Come on, tell three people he's all right. See, here's how you know you in the presence of a survivor. They don't mind going down before they go up. Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. Downward is part of destiny. Y'all ain't hearing me. If Joseph don't go in the pit, he ain't never going to be in the palace. If David don't go in the cave, he ain't never going in the castle. If you want to go up, you got to learn to survive down. And when people put you down, survive it. When you let yourself down, survive it. When you're in down seasons of life, survive it. Because if you can take a root below, you can bear fruit above. People gave up on you. They thought you were not going to be nothing. But look at you right now they thought you would not survive they thought you would not succeed but you are still can I preach this whole word right here I'm feeling this thing ain't nobody lost more than Job Ain't nobody lost more than Job. Ain't nobody. I'm going to go country on you, Louisiana vernacular. Ain't nobody lost more than Job. And Job said this, at least there is hope for a tree. If it's cut down, it'll sprout again. And its shoots will not fail. Its roots may grow old in the ground and its stump die in the soil. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and put forth shoots like a plant. He's going to say in chapter 29, I thought I'm going to die in my own house. My days as numerous as the grains of sand. My roots will reach to the water and the dew will lie all night on my branches. My glory will remain fresh in me. The bow ever new in my hand. What's he saying? I ain't going out like that. Job said, you can bury me in the ground, but all I need, I don't even need to taste water if I can just smell it. I don't even need to taste faith. If I could, y'all ain't hear me. If I could just smell a little faith, the very scent of life will make me sprout again. Can I tell you the aroma of life is all in this building right now? You can smell it. You don't have to taste it. You can smell Tell your neighbor it's in the building. He said, at the very scent of water, I'm going to make my comeback. At the very scent of life, I'm going to make my comeback. And I came by to tell you, just take a deep breath, baby, because life is right in front of you. The devil is mad because you still praising, you still living. Now tell your neighbor, you survive, now succeed. See, surviving is one thing. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm just, I'm just going to hit this and quit it. But here's my PS, my postscript. You survived, but you didn't just survive to exist. You survived to excel. Y'all didn't hear that right there. You survived it, but you didn't survive it just to exist. You survived it so that you can excel. I'm going to say it one more time. You didn't survive all the hell you went through just to exist. You survived it so you would excel in everything you put your hand to. So therefore, you're not just a survivor. You are successful in the name of Jesus. 
In other words, your next chapter is a chapter of victory where your last chapter was a chapter of defeat. Don't quit writing a book because you went through a chapter of defeat. Turn the page, start a new chapter, and call it, I am successful. I survived, now I will succeed. And whatsoever my, my hand finds to do shall prosper. God did not call you out just to live. He called you out to give you life more abundantly. I'm preaching, I'm preaching my own self happy right now. And I'm trying to help you to tell you, you survived it. Now start producing like you have never produced in your entire life. Shout, my best is yet to come. There's a book in you. There's a record in you. There's music in you. There's purpose in you. There's promise in you. There's potential in you. There's a prophetic future in you. You're not survived just to sit there and breathe. If anybody can get that, jump up right now. Jump up and down about three times. Well, I survived it. I made it. You don't sound like you made it. I'm still here. You don't act like you want to be. I'm telling you, it almost killed me. You're still alive, honey. Take root below. Bear fruit above. Take root below. Bear fruit above. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he doth meditate day and night. Listen to it. He shall be like a tree planted, take root below, planted by rivers of water. What? That brings forth his fruit. When? In his season. His leaf will not wither, and whatsoever he does shall. Bring forth his reward in his season. My God. Yeah, there you go. Pray through. In his term, he shall bring forth his fruit, his reward in his term. I'm going to prophesy to you right now and tell you it's not only your term, it's your time. Some of y'all been in hiding. You've been getting undercover and that's good because you let God cover you. All seed needs to be covered before it can germinate. But now you about to blossom. And the dirt that was thrown on you, you didn't ask for. You just looked up and they kept piling the dirt on you. 
Let me tell you, the deeper the seed, the bigger the tree. The more they threw stuff on you, the more God was telling you, when you come back, you're going to come back with a vengeance in me. You're going to produce like you have never produced in your entire life. <laughs> Whatsoever he shall do shall what? Prosper. Can I give you some stuff here? Whatever he shall do shall push forward. That's what the word prosper means, push forward. If there's push, then there has to be strength. There has to be energy. There has to be an exercise. Some, some of you, God brought you out, but you haven't gone forward because you've not pushed. To prosper means to break forth or to break out, to go over. Whew. When I saw this this morning, I saw people buried. They started pushing back. And then light came. Then the bud came. Then the blade came. Then the black plant came. And then after the plant, here come the fruit. And I'm telling you right now, tell the devil, it's too late now. You should have killed me while you had a chance. Now I'm about to produce like I ain't ever produced in my life. Are y'all in the building? I'm about to go to a level of living I've never been in my life. If you own businesses, you better get ready because God is about to send favor on your business. Shout it with me, I survived. Now it's time to succeed. Throw your hands up real high and shout it, I am successful. And whatsoever my hand finds to do, it will prosper. You survived. Now succeed. Now succeed. Build like you have never built before. Can I drop it on you? Can I, lift? Can I hit you with the apex right here? <laughs> there comes a time when you look at those that buried you. You say this, you meant it for evil. But I got two words for you, but God. Shout it, come on, but God. I survived, y'all. You meant it for evil, but God, don't miss it, meant it, which means God knew it was going to happen before it happened. He trusted you with the trouble because he knew if anyone could survive it, it would be you. He'll never put you through anything that he does, does not have faith in you that you can make it through it. Ask Job two times more at the end than he had at the beginning. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Somebody shout double for my trouble. I'm just meandering here now. I feel matter in the room. Yeah, hallelujah. Your end looks better than your beginning. God meant it for good. I needed that pit. I needed that rejection. 
I needed that appendicitis. I needed to see with one eye, not two. I needed it because God meant it for my good. Now I could sit here and say, oh, I survived it. Or I could say with Joseph, God meant it for good. Why? Because he preserved me to save you. Some of you, you're the only one in your family that's doing it right for God. And I want to tell you, keep on keeping on. Somebody say this with me. I've made it. And now my best is yet to come. Let's stand, please, all over the building. Father, we lift our hands to you. And we thank you for moving by your spirit. Touch these, your people, today. If this is your word and you say, Pastor Rick, I needed this word today, would you come to this altar and let me pray for you? Something I said today hits you, it resonates with you. It's dealing with right where you are in life. It ministered to you. This word mattered to you. You needed this. And I want to remind you, you survived for such a time as this. God kept you for this moment. Sing it, Tim. Come on, lift those hands all over the building. Joseph was saying in that pit. I bet he was thinking, how did I get here? All I did was have a dream. And I bet he's in that pit thinking, sooner or later, this is going to turn in my favor. How do I know it? Because my daddy put that coat on me. Sooner he told me when I was young, I was favored. My God has not changed his mind about you. You still favored. Sooner or later, Sooner or later it's going to turn in your favor. You're coming out. Hallelujah. Come on, you survived it. Gonna turn in my now you're going to succeed. Sooner Hallelujah. Sooner or later. Gonna turn in my face. Come on, stretch those hands way up. Take the bend out of your elbow. Sooner or later. Gonna turn in my face. Yes, it will. Sooner or later. Turn in my favor. Turn in my around for me. Can you say that with Tim? Come on, God. Turn it around for me. Turn it around for me. Oh, it's turning around for me. God, I speak your blessing over these, your people. 
blessing of peace and confidence. The blessing of assurance, blessed assurance. That everything is going to be all right. They survived, but now they're going to succeed. Take us to that next level of abundant living. I thank you, God, that you kept us, you preserved us, and it's by your grace that we stand here today. And that grace is still amazing, and we thank you that we survived. And we thank you and praise you for the success we see in our future. We have taken root below, but now we're going to bear fruit above. We're going to push forward. We're going to push forward in Jesus' name. Let's give him praise one more time for him ministering to us today.